It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 6th of November. The big, long, tall, and monsters. The Philadelphia 76ers are in town. We'll break them down. Too small sample size theater fun on some jazz trends or concerns. And we'll look around the NBA. The evil man whose name shall not be spoken might be back. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked Up Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it a lot better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thanks to everybody who continues to write nice reviews on uh, iTunes for us. Our goal is 1,000. We have far surpassed that. Uh, we are continually being ranked in the top 200 of iTunes rankings, which really gets us a whole lot of nothing other than maybe my ego feels good for it. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it. Hope you're catching Rejecting the Screen. That's one of our new national programs with Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko. They have a lot of fun both talking uh, things NBA and then kind of veering off every now and then. And then uh, a lot of Hollinger and Duncan are out there for you. John Hollinger, seven-year NBA uh, personnel guy with Nate Duncan. They continue to do a great job there in the top 50 of all iTunes shows. So exciting uh, for them. Little little engine that is locked on. Uh, kind of fun. Three shows in the top 100 right now. Uh, I think it was nine shows in the top 200. Uh, it's only ESPN and Barstool have more than we do right now. So thank you guys for your incredible support of uh, the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, so we got Philadelphia in town. Let's talk about them. They're, they're, they're interesting. Uh, the most interesting thing to me about Philadelphia is obviously the incredible size. So they're just mammoth. And how do you, like, the idea of getting, if I was a coach, it would it would seem incredibly daunting to me trying to get ready for this game. Uh, because, I, I, I mean... Ben Simmons is 6'10". Josh Richardson, who's kind of their point guard, is 6'5". Tobias Harris is 6'8". Al Horford, 6'9", played center most of his career. And Joel Embiid is 7 feet. Like, so, obviously, Gobert's going to match up on Embiid. Then what? I mean, if you actually... The defense you'd like to play on Simmons is Gobert guarding Simmons. And having it be the way you did to Giannis, where you for Simmons to shoot from the outside. Ben Simmons is really interesting. So the first thing on Simmons is 17% of his shots he draws a foul. So that's really, really high. And as long as that's the case, then you've got to, you know, you've got to, he's going to drive and he's going to draw fouls and he's going to do all these things. You've, you've got to figure out, you've got to really guard him. That, that's, that's what he does well. Now, number two on Ben Simmons is his shooting is getting worse the more he's in the league. So Ben Simmons in his first year from outside 10 feet was 80 of 230. It's not good. It's 35%. It's not outrageous. It's 35%. There's a lot of guys outside 10 feet that are 35%, right? They're not particularly good mid-range shooters and they're not great three-point shooters. 
And he took 230 of them, which, you know, it's not a lot, but it's three or four a game. Last year, he was 25 of 105. 25 of 105. 24% from plus 10 feet. And he's taking one a game. This year, in the opening games of the season, he's 8 of 36 from outside 3 feet. He's 2 of 5 from outside 10 feet. So, in one sense, that's good. But now he's taking less than one a game. It's not actually the idea that Ben Simmons isn't making shots. It's that he stopped taking them. So, you'd love to guard Ben Simmons with Rudy Gobert and just put Rudy Gobert in the middle of the paint. You might guard Ben Simmons with Boyan Bogdanovich and put him in the middle of the paint. I don't know. And then have Royce O'Neal battle Al Horford. I don't know if you can start Jeff Green considering how he's playing right now. But maybe you have to start Jeff Green against Al Horford. That's always been the claim is or the idea this year is that when you had the big guys, you start him. So Ben Simmons' usage is way down. His shooting is getting less good, and he's shooting less. It's pretty interesting. I mean, this guy averaged 17 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 56% shooting. Is frankly like a notch away from being Magic Johnson and being a Hall of Fame player that alters the way the game is viewed. I mean, he's 6'10 point guard. He's incredible. And yet... It's not all there. Embiid is interesting because he's just a total powerhouse. And at the same time, if you can get Embiid to shoot from the outside, you're probably okay. And he likes to. So can Rudy get Embiid to play outside the paint? So when Joel Embiid, but it's he's not terrible, takes a mid-range shot, He's, taking, he's averaging about four mid-range shots a game. He shoots 36%. That'd be great. In the key, he's shooting 75% for, at the rim and 70% in the key. So, And he takes seven shots a game in the paint. Can we, can we limit... That number will be hurt, used on the broadcast as I write it down. Uh, can we limit that? That's all you want to do with Embiid is push him out. Now, the other interesting one is that Al Horford, when he's on the floor with Embiid, becomes a non-factor. When when he is on when when Joel Embiid and Al Horford are on the floor together, Horford had 32 against Phoenix and 25 against Portland. But when Embiid comes back in the 14 minutes a night, he's on the floor with Embiid. Horford is taking two shots per game. 14 minutes a night, he's taking two shots. In 25 minutes per game, without Embiid, he takes 14 shots. That's... um, that's a big difference. So he's playing, he's not playing 39 minutes a night because, you know, Embiid didn't play two games. But in 25 minutes when Embiid's not on the floor, Horford takes 14 shots. So one 
little less than one every two minutes. When he's on the floor with Embiid, he takes two shots every 14 minutes, one every seven minutes. That's kind of great for us. He's so good. He's actually averaging 19 points a game right now as Al Horford, more than what he's ever averaged at any point in his career. Uh, His team is always, every year of his entire career, Al Horford's team is better when he's on the floor. That's that's the ultimate compliment. And with all of this, we haven't mentioned Tobias Harris once. Now, here's what gets so, so it just feels so, that's my point, is it feels so daunting. Here's what's interesting. Half-court offense, they're playing the, they're 22nd in the league in half-court offense. They play the second fewest amount of half-court possessions. We're actually playing the most half-court possessions of anyone in the league right now. We're actually half decent at it. We're 14th in the league, but we're 24th in the league overall offensively because we're playing so many possessions in the half court. We're not getting out and running at all right now. We're playing 83.5%, according to Cleaning the Glass, of our possessions in the half court. Again, we're 14th in it, but it's so much of a less efficient possession than you would get otherwise that it's dropped us down to 24th offensively. And we're actually, last year we were 10th in the half court, so we should be better than that. But we're, we're playing the league average right now. The 15th team in the league is 77, or 80% of their possessions are in the half court. We're at 83. We're, we're, we're playing this, and then Philly is at 77. So that'll be the one that gets interesting today is Philly wants to juice it. And we have we actually do want to run. We're just not doing it. The other one, obviously, from all of our conversations this week, they are the number one offensive rebounding team in the league and the number one defensive rebounding team in the league They are because they are mammoth. All right, small sample size theater, but not that small. I frankly, as after the next game, we're one-tenth of the way through the season, I start to think that the numbers are real and start to use them and start to look at them a little bit. A lot of people say 10 games. I like 10% of the season. At some point, you know, ideally you're at 20% of the season or 25% of the season to really make observations. But, and so you don't want to go too far on this, but I do, I do think that after tonight, you've got 10% of the season. It's, it's a big gap. It's a big portion of the season. Eight games. You know, there's 10, 10 sequences of it. So you probably should start to take in some data at, at that point and figure out uh, what, what you think of it. Today's show is brought to you by my friends at the store. I love it when I start to hear from people, all right, I tried your mudslide cookie, and they're great. They are. They're just incredible. The mud, It's the perfect cookie. Crust, like, outside has got, like, a crust level to it where it's got, like, a little bit of a, like, a little bite to it, and then the inside is almost like a brownie, but it's like, it's moist and awesome, and it's double chocolate. It's the Mudslide Cookie. They also have the Mudslide Ice Cream, Bright Leather Bees. The store is located 6200 South and 20th East. When you walk into the store, you can feel it immediately, that community feel. You walk in, the cake to floors are right there. Local Utah company makes amazing cakes. Then you turn, this is the 6200 South, 20th East store. You turn to your right, that's where all the, the great cookies are. There's a whole Locals 
bakery of various companies locally that make donuts and bagels and everything like that. And you've got, oh, then you've got the great dinner rolls right there. You can go grab. And then you work your way through the store. You get all the great feels of it. Great selection. Utah's own all throughout the entire store, which is what Jeff and Scott kind of pride themselves on. If you sneak around in the back, you can see them making their pico de gallo that they roll out there. The potato, the the tortilla chips from the woman he, he tasted at the wedding are just great. In fact, I'm on order for them right now. Uh, my wife has me run into the store today at either 600 South 20th East, at the Gateway now, located right downtown on the same street as the arena across from the Children's Museum, and the new mini store at 900 South and 100 West. Stop by the store. Feel the greatness. Feel the mud the fantasy that is the mudslide cookie and it's every bit as good as they say life is complicated especially right now you're spending more time inside unable to go to restaurants and that means you're cooking dinner but if you're like me i hate cooking multiple trips to the grocery store hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes so when it's dinner time i grab my phone open up an app and order something but after convenience fees delivery fees and who knows whatever other fees it ends up being close to a hundred dollars for two people but then i met freshly just put up your feet and relax while freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work all you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done imagine a better for you golden oven for fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sautéed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, so let's take a, we're going to take a look at some numbers for a second that are small sample size theater. I just mentioned one of them. So we're last in the league in getting in transition. Well, actually, that's not true. Um, that's not true. We're 21st in the league in getting in transition. We're, la- we're taking the most half-court possessions. We're about middle of the pack at both of the two, but because transition so much more efficient, it's dropped our offense to 24th. Little things to keep an eye on with us right now. So we're not getting any offense out of offensive rebounds. In fact, like some stunning numbers. Royce O'Neal has one more offensive rebound so far this year than Jeff Green. And Royce O'Neal has one offensive rebound. Royce O'Neal has one offensive rebound. Jeff Green has zero. In some ways, those are our power forwards. Zero. The Jazz are 25th in the league in offensive rebounding. We weren't great at it last year. We were 12th. It's not a massive diff. Well, it is actually kind of a, a, or we're 29th in the league. It's kind of a massive difference. Like we were, we were grabbing one out of every four misses last year as an offensive rebound. And this year we're grabbing one out of every five misses as an offensive rebound. That's, Like, that actually, that matters. 
It's going to be hard for us to be an elite offensive team 29th in the league in offensive rebounding. And those numbers I just shared are kind of insane. If you think of Boyan Bogdanovich as our small forward, then Jeff Green is a power forward on this team who has played so far this year a grand total, not very many, a grand total of 133 minutes and has zero offensive rebounds. He only actually has 11 rebounds all season for a rebounding percentage of 4.8%. Here's what that means. If if everybody got an equal amount of rebounds when they were on the floor, then you would get, each player would get 10, have a 10% rebounding rate, okay? If your five defensive players got, if you got every rebound and divided, it'd be 20% defensive rebounding rate. Jeff Green obviously has a 0% offensive rebounding rate and 8.8% defensive rebounding rate and a 4.8% rebounding rate. I mean, I can play some games here. I, it's a small sample size, so I don't, I'm not, I don't want to like pick on Jeff, but like if I go do a Google, I do a basketball reference search for offensive or defensive rebounding rates below 5%, like you'd be stunned who the other players are. Stunned. Because they're not, they're not, uh, they're, they're, they're like Mike Conley. Like they're six foot tall point guards who have rebounding rates below 5%. It's kind of stunning. Um, the, and it's percentage of rebounds when you're on the floor. I mean, the greatest, the, the best player ever win share when I did it the other night, it, just to put it in perspective, John Stockton and Allen Iverson are like guys who have uh, win shares or rebounding rates. Like, so he, Jeff's got a rebound. Royce O'Neal has one offensive rebound the entire season. So our two power forwards have one offensive rebounding rebound the whole whole season. Um, here are the, nah, I'm not going to do it. So that, th- those are small sample size theater, but it's something to keep an eye on. Turnovers, I, we're 25th in the league. I think we'll actually figure out free throw rate. We're sixth and our shooting is 12th right now. And that's just because we're spending so much time in the half court. Our defense is great. Our defense is about to pull off something that's inc- is absolutely impossible, which is to be top 10 in all four factors. We're the second best team against the shot. We're the 11th best team in forcing turnovers. We're the 11th best team in defensive rebounding. We're the 11th best team in free throw. We probably are not going to finish the year top 10 defensive rebounding. I think that's been made clear. What the reason the defense is great and going to stay great is what we always talk about, which is, you know, where people are shooting. So we're the third best team in the league at denying the rim. We're the third best team in the league at denying the corner three. And we're the sixth best team in the league at denying all threes. It's pretty good. Like that will be great all year long defensively because of that. Um, Philadelphia, by the way, number one team in the league denying the corner three. Number five team in the league denying the three. But they are allowing 20, uh, their 25th in the league at rims, shots at the rim. So you can get to the rim on them. All right, so there's there's sample size theater, kind of small sample. But like... I, you know, I think there's something to it. Let's look at lineups for a second. So the O lineup of Co, 
Doe, Joe, Bo, and Go. It's bad, but we're going with it. So it's Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Boyan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, and Rudy Gobert. That lineup has now played 54 possessions and is plus 42. Pretty awesome. Unnatural, though. Okay? So it's pretty awesome. It's unnatural. Their effective field goal percentage is 66%, which is a little high. (laughs) And their defensive effective field goal percentage is 36, which is way too low. But it's worth keeping an eye on. That lineup, you know, the coaching staff does not want to start that lineup because they want to be able to use it at different times throughout the night. And the starting lineup's been good. Like, the starting lineup's plus 16, and probably the with a more realistic number. The effective field goal percentage is 59%. The offensive rebounding is absolutely non-existent with, that, with our opening lineup, which is a little bit of a problem. It's 15%. So now we're at one out of every six rebounds. Uh, the defensive numbers are great, or really good at least, and they're sustainable, right? The numbers that I gave you on Conley, Mitchell, Bogdanovich, Ingles, and Gobert are, can't stay there. Like, they have to come back to the mean a little bit. So to think that they're plus 42, they're probably, if they can be plus 16, that'd be great. And that's what the starters are right now with much more realistic numbers. There's a few lineups that aren't good. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Rudy Gobert. But these get into really small sample sizes. And then as we move down, things get ugly. And they're limited possessions, but they're really ugly. So Conley, Royce, Boyan, Jeff Green, and Rudy Gobert just can't, has really struggled. Donovan, Royce, Boyan, Joe, Rudy Gobert has really struggled. Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, George Niang, Ed Davis has really struggled. Moutier, Mitchell, O'Neal, Jeff Green, Rudy Gobert has really struggled. Some of the, the on-off numbers, and obviously who you're playing. So right now when Donovan's off the floor, we're in trouble. We are 25 points per 100 possessions better when Donovan's on the floor offensively. Donovan's been absolutely brilliant, though. That's, that's a large part of it. Uh, Jeff Green is minus 19 per 100 possessions, and Royce O'Neal is minus 32. Royce has the worst plus minus, it says, according to cleaning the glass of any player in the NBA right now. It's weird. The defense is not as good when Royce is on the floor, which is strange, because Royce is a pretty good defensive player. The offense is not as good, which... Probably makes some sense. The offensive rebounding is better. Um, Ed Davis, we're just about even with. Emmanuel Moutier, we're plus. George Niang, we're pretty significantly negative, but he's only played 45 minutes. I mean, of our main guys we've played so far, uh, Mike Conley's minus, Jeff Green's minus 19, and Royce O'Neal's minus 32. Early, one game can skew those. I really would say those are very early. The offensive rebounding numbers I gave earlier, I think, are are pretty legit, and and that's that's somewhat of a of a concern there. Um, the only other one I would say is both Joe Ingles and Jeff Green are going to the free throw, or and Royce O'Neal are going to the free throw line at such a low rate that when you have all of them on the floor together, it might be hard to be good offensively. So Jeff Green's going to line the most of any of them. He's not playing as much as he once did in his career. But he's he's going to the free throw line uh, about one one and a half times a game. I think both Joe and Royce are below that. 
Uh, and, you know, we've talked rebounding. So those are the only kind of things I would, I would keep an eye on there. All right, small sample size theater. I'm not sure. How, you know, I think you just keep an eye on them. And, and I do, you know, like at some point you have to decide the numbers have some value. That, that, would, be my, that would be my one comment on that is at some point you have to decide. Now, probably eight games is too little. Ten is just a round number you're choosing for no particular reason. So I'd like it to be that, oh, you want 20% of the season, or you want 15% of the season, or you want something of that sort to be able to believe in it. Eric Ellis and the guys over at Stealth Media are doing really, really cool things for you. I love the fact that Eric has taken the time to go get man cave TVs. Like, if you're going to get Sunday NFL ticket through DirecTV, and if you're going to go make the switch to AT&T and DirecTV, then Eric kind of gets that, you know what? The fact is that what you are going to want here is you are going to want to make sure that you get uh, a man's TV, man cave TV, and he's got them at a cheaper price than you can get them at Best Buy or other places. So, um, the the Sunday NFL ticket. Let me let me give you that. Um, if you want Sunday NFL ticket. They offer next-day DirecTV installations, and Sunday NFL ticket comes includes at no additional cost for new customers for the first year when you order the choice package or higher. So you never miss an NFL game. You take DirecTV on the go while watching your on your favorite devices. Give Stealth a call today, 385-399-4186. That's 385-399-4186. They even offer next-day installation. So if you want it for this weekend... You can get it done. Give Eric a call, 385-399-4186. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Indochino is the largest made-to-measure men's brand wear anywhere. Use the promo code locked on. And you get $30 off total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com at the promo code LOCKEDON. All right. I uh, want to do a few NBA things I thought were interesting last night, just kind of keeping track of what takes place in the league. Uh, the biggest one to me last night was the Lakers win again. 
I mean, Chicago's Jim Boylan's doing having a tough time. Uh, and sh- the Lakers outscore Chicago 38-19 in the fourth, and the Lakers should have lost this game. Anthony Davis is – the criticism I've always had of Anthony Davis is that one night's on, one night's off, and there's the largest standard deviation of performance of stars. So last night he has 15 points, seven rebounds, three assists, six of 15 shooting. He's not very good, and they still win. That's a big deal because that's what Anthony Davis didn't used to get. They didn't used to win those games. Uh, defensive rating was a 108 last night. They continue. Interesting one going on with Lori Markkinen. I was convinced this is a breakout year for Lori Markkinen. It makes sense. It's his third year, all the whole thing. He is shooting 38% from the field and 27% from three. Like, I like Lori Markkinen a lot. I really thought this thing was going to come together. That's a little disconcerting. Wendell Carter Jr. went off after the game about everything that's going on and, and how and that they're losing and he hates it and a bunch of things of that sort. So Chicago's a little bit of a dumpster fire, which is not the most surprising thing in the world. And they got a rookie taking 15 shots in 24 minutes last night. Wow. Uh, so that jumped out at me at that one last night. Uh, Denver put together one of their really good performances last night that makes you believe that they're back. And they did it without Jokic, who's still just not engaged in the season yet. Really good locked on NBA the other day on Friday with Adam Matas and Anthony Irwin about how disengaged uh, Jokic is and how the rest of them are carrying it through. Um, Denver's still worth keeping an eye on, but that was a great win for them, 109-89. And then the man whose name shall not be mentioned, Gordon Hayward, Exploded last night. He went 16 of 16 from two-point range. Had 39.7 rebounds, eight assists. Maybe the best game of his career. He is shooting 56% from the field, 50% from three, 83% from the free throw line, averaging 20 points, eight rebounds, and four assists. He might be back. He's playing a lot of minutes. He looks comfortable. And... The all-star that left us might have finally arrived in Boston, in which case they get pretty good. Uh, It does feel with Boston as though the more Jalen Brown doesn't play, the better they are, and I have no idea if that's true. But every time I look on a box score when they have a good game, I find myself looking at it and being like, oh, well, Jalen Brown didn't play. That is the anecdotal note there. I'm actually looking to see on-off whether it's actually true at all. Jalen Brown is even... Jason Tatum is a huge positive. Kemba Walker's a negative. Interesting. Their defense with Kemba Walker on the floor is the worst in contrast to what it is when he's off the floor of any player in the NBA. Well, he's really small. I don't know if the Jazz ever looked at him, but I know that that was like a huge concern for teams around the league on Kemba Walker's free agency is that he's really, really small. Atlanta got San Antonio last night. Trey Young is just fabulous. 29 points and 13 assists last night. Um, defensive performance by Atlanta. They held they held uh, the Spurs to a defensive rating of 97 last night. Which is a little, su- little surprising. Uh, the Spurs should be better than that, but they, they got them. So that's where we sit. That's kind of my takeaways from last night. I don't think there was, there was one other game I was going to mention. Um, Orlando just can't score. 
Orlando was like this team everyone wanted to fall in love with in the offseason. They won that one game in the playoffs against Toronto. Everyone wanted to jump aboard and kind of love them a little bit, and um, they just can't score watching them. It's really, it's really something else. It's interesting how fast the standings are playing out. Philadelphia, Boston, Miami, Milwaukee up top of the East with Toronto at five. Charlotte's obviously the huge surprise. And, and Orlando at two and five is probably the one playoff team that's out of the playoffs right now. Over in the West, Phoenix is obviously the stunner. But Portland at three and four and just with a miserable amount of interest is probably the one playoff team and the Warriors. That is out. Portland's just crushed with Zach Collins out for four months. They've always been so healthy, and they're not right now. Minnesota and Phoenix are obviously the ones we're watching to see if they're real. Minnesota has yet to play a game against a Western Conference opponent. So let's keep an eye on that. Some There's a few teams that have had just an inordinate amount of home games early on in the season. Brooklyn's played five of their seven games at home. Clippers have played four of their seven games at home, which is not inordinate. Thunder have played five of their seven games at home. Portland has played five of their seven games on the road. I think that's it. I don't think anybody else has five road games yet. All right. That is Locked On Jazz today, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tell your smart speaker to play Hollinger and Duncan NBA show or catch Locked On NBA today with Jake Corrales. And for John Krause and Jake Madison. Have a great one. This is Locked On Jazz. Tomorrow we'll try to get a live show in for you. Hope you're doing great. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.